Miracy. I'm Michael Port, and you're listening to Making It. I run a business called Heroic Public Speaking. We are the Hogwarts for public speakers. But instead of witchcraft, our students use stagecraft to morph into performers who can change the way people think, feel, and act, not just from the stage, but in all aspects of their life. You would think that when you hit the New York Times list or the Wall Street Journal bestseller list or the USA Today list or the Amazon list, whatever list you're trying to get on, you would think you would feel like you made it. And for me, it never has. Those moments have always come and gone as just another item to check off the list. Now, I'm not saying, of course, I didn't appreciate getting there, but I had to work pretty hard to get there. I think that if you really do care about making it, take the pressure off yourself so that you're not focusing on getting approval, you don't have to fix yourself, decouple the feedback that you get on the work that you do from who you are as a person, and instead just keep focusing on making the work better. If you're trying to get approval through the work you do, you know, you create this dynamic where the only thing that matters is the end goal of the approval and often the work feels like a struggle. But if you're focusing on trying to produce results, maybe you can also make the work worth doing. If you really do want to make it, you're going to probably have to work harder than you've imagined, maybe harder than you've worked before. You're going to need to do things that you don't know how to do right now. And you're going to get a lot of people telling you no, or they don't like something that you did. They want you to do it differently. The more responsibility you have in life, the more you need to be able to handle. And that means you've got to handle a lot of what might be difficult or challenging things at the same time. I remember I was testing for a film called Kiss the Girls. It was a big film with Morgan Friedman. And I was testing for the role playing opposite him. Uh, it was about, like most movies in the 90s, apparently, it was about a, a cop who was also a serial killer. And, and they were trying to find who the serial killer was. So apparently uh, I can uh, play very easily either a serial killer or a cop. One or two. I have the look for both of them. And I was up, uh, testing means you're pretty far down the, the line. And this would have been a huge role. I was just coming out of grad school. And obviously I didn't get it because if you've seen that film, you would know I wasn't in it. But I remember going into it thinking, well, I don't know if I really want to play this kind of role. Do I want to get typecast uh, as a serial killer? Uh, do, do Is the script really even that good? You know, what do I care about this? And I think I was making all these excuses because I was really nervous that if I gave everything I had to that audition and I didn't get it, well, what would that say? And might that hurt more? You know, if I put everything into it and they don't want me, does that mean I, I don't have what it takes? Does that mean I'm not good enough? Does it, does it mean they don't like me? So when I look back, to the early stages of my career, 
and the time that I was pursuing acting professionally, and I think about what it meant to me at that time to make it, if I'm being honest about it, I would say that it meant getting approval, which over the years I've discovered is a terrible way to approach making it. Because it's very difficult to get as much approval as you might actually need to feel whole. If there's something that you know that you feel is missing, or there's something that just feels incomplete, it's very, very hard to fill that hole through the approval of others. The greatest performers can create authentic moments in manufactured environments. And I would say almost every single human being is a performer, simply because human beings are adaptable. Human beings are generally flexible. We change, we evolve. If you look back on your life, it's likely you've played lots of different roles over the years. So the role that you play as a parent is different than the role that you play as a child. And the role that you play as a child is different than the role you play as a friend to the people you went to high school with, which is different than the role you play as a friend to your coworkers. And so what you can do to start to embrace the performer's mindset is recognize that you already are someone who has the ability to play lots of different roles with authenticity, in integrity, so that your core values are consistent. Your core values don't change, but the way that you interact with people may change if the environment calls for you to play a slightly different role. And so if you can be intentional about it, you start to have more control over the outcomes of the situations you're in. People don't change the way they think until you change the way they feel. But if you can change the way they feel and then change the way they think, guess what? You can also change what they do. In 2008, I wrote a book called The Think Big Manifesto, and it hit the New York Times bestseller list. So I booked the first speech on the topic of the book, but I made the cardinal mistake of thinking that my years of experience as a professional speaker, my years of experience as a performer, my subject matter uh, expertise or knowledge, and my gift for the gab would be enough to do the thing that I wanted to do, to do something different, really creative, really unusual, and really transformational. And I failed completely, bombed. I mean, people were walking out of the room. That had never happened to me before. It was devastating. I uh, think that night I spent in my hotel room, curled up in a ball on the floor. I, there may have been a couple pints of ice cream uh, involved in that episode. But I said, okay, that's it. I'm not going to do another one of those speeches. I totally folded. Now, I see the irony of the guy who wrote a book called The Think Big Manifesto um, <laughs> giving up because he bombed a speech. But I did not do another Think Big Manifesto speech until 2014. When I was asked, I was in a particularly good mood. I think I was on my boat at the time, and it just popped out of my mouth. I said, yes, no problem. So I put uh, in process a six-month rehearsal and co content development rehearsal process. I worked on it for over 500 hours. I even rewrote 
80% of it two weeks before I was going to give it in Australia for 5,000 people because I realized 80% of it wasn't working. But when I gave that speech in Australia for 5,000 people and I got a standing ovation at the end because it worked. And I was proud, not because of the standing ovation, but because I had put in the work required to do the job at the level that I wanted to do. For me, that's when everything changed. I think that sometimes when people come into entrepreneurship, they make the assumption that it's a progressive or linear or sequential process that if you do this, then this, then this, then this, then you'll make it and you'll be done. You know, like writing a book. Oh, if I finish the book and then publish it, the book's done. That's how they feel that entrepreneurship is. But of course it's not because your career as an entrepreneur is hopefully going to be long. You know, for every step forward, you take two steps back. I think sometimes when people think about life, they think, okay, well, the model is work really hard, accomplish something really big, and then be happy. You know, work really hard, accomplish something big, then be happy. And maybe you work really hard for a long time, and maybe you do, or maybe you don't accomplish something really big. So maybe you never really get happy. That seems like a flawed model to me. But if you said, well, what if I was just happy? And then I worked really hard. And then maybe I accomplished something big. That'd be great. But I could be happy all the way through. So sometimes if I'm in a little bit of a cheeky mood and someone says, can you just tell me one thing? Just give me one thing that will help me either get book solid or, you know, be a better speaker or, or book more gigs. You know, I don't want to like read the whole book. I, I just want to like, what's the most important thing? If I'm feeling a little cheeky, I'll just say, be happy and you'll work more. Like most people, I think I've made more mistakes than I've had successes. Uh, and I think that's not unusual. So for example, when I first came into the business, there was no social media. You know, this was 2003. Uh, there was only really a few channels that consultants or modern adult educators could use to advance their ideas. And one of them, of course, was writing books. So I thought, well, let me see if I can try my hand at writing books. I, I wasn't, I didn't never considered myself a writer prior to that. I wasn't interested in writing when I was in school. In fact, you could barely get me to write a five paragraph essay when I was in high school. And yet I ended up writing a lot of books and some of them are pretty good. Others are fine. Essentially, to boil it down, I did about five books over a five-year period of time, and that was a huge mistake. It was just too much content development, and I couldn't do service to each one. By the time I got one promoted and out there, I had to start promoting the next one. Uh, and uh, ultimately, I, I think that was a big mistake. So the big mistake that I see people often making is trying to do too much. Uh, it's very, very difficult to do as much as you would like to do. And the more focused you are, the more streamlined you are in your approach, uh, the better you're generally going to do, uh, because it's just easier to do better work that way. Rather than the hive mind, you're really doing very, very deep work. A lot of folks struggle with the fear of missing an opportunity. Well, if I don't do that, then what am I missing? You know, fear of missing out. And as a result, it sends you down so many random pathways that don't really amount to much or add up to much. And uh, it can be, you know, confusing, convoluted, 
distracting and even destructive. So really keeping it simple, finding elegant solutions to critical problems that your audience has and really focusing on those. There are so many challenges when you're building a business. There's so many hurdles that you're going to have to jump over and, you know, issues that you're going to contend with that having somebody that you can rely on to create meaning together during those difficult times so that the outcome is not the most important thing, but the experience along the way is the most important thing. Again, I'm Michael Port, and this is Making It. You can find me at heroicpublicspeaking.com. Making It is a Mirror CFM original production. This episode of Making It was assembled by Jeff Govertson. Cynthia Lamb produced the episode. Danny Bermont is our associate producer, and Danny Eney is our executive producer. If you like this episode, you might want to check out Just Between Coaches, the podcast that explores the really tough issues that coaches face every day. So you don't miss the great episodes that are coming up on Making It, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you. We'll see you next time.